0: pregnancy, and parenting with chronic illness. No topic will be off limits here. I'll also talk to other patients and share their stories and advice. Think of this as your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. So I would love, it. can you just give the audience, the audience, <laughs> a little in, uh, basic info about you?
1: Her. Yeah. And your um,
0: rheumatic disease journey.
1: Sure, sure,
2: sure, sure. So I'm Camille. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in Portland right now. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis. Um and I hope my story is a little out of uh the ordinary in that I've uh, I've been working on a diagnosis since about twenty seventeen, but I would say that I'm solidly uh, like late 2020 was when i was solidly in my diagnosis and like felt like i had a care team and all of that stuff
0: how about to tell yeah just a little yeah. basic info like what your diagnosis is and a little bit about how you came to, i guess actually also how you came to the group the room to thrive group okay um so
1: my name is to um sometimes i go by gt um i have an a few different diagnoses, but the one that I joined for this group in particular was for ankle losing spondylitis. Um I was diagnosed in twenty eighteen, but I've had chronic pain in my life since two thousand three. So I've lived with it for a really long time. Um and dealt with it by myself for a really long time. And my I had gotten to that point where I was like, I literally am doing everything I can think of. I don't know what else to do. And it was my therapist who said, uh, maybe you should join a support group, like find like, people who are like you who are going through the same kind of thing. And I was like, okay, and I did look for support groups. And yours was the second one I found. And I liked it. Oh, good.
0: Said- <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yay. And then I mean, not, not this is what's it's a it's a always a bittersweet thing, right? Because I'm like, I'm so sorry, you have yeah. to be here. But given that you have this diagnosis i'm glad you're here <laughs> yeah and camille i'm curious because you didn't get your full diagnosis till the end of 2020 and then i started Rim to thrive in its current form in march 2021 yeah. so i'm curious yeah like what what made you interested in it so i
2: um i think i actually like came upon you cheryl in like a synchronous moment when you were like actually getting ready to ramp up uh oh, yeah. i think that that period was like two weeks long honestly so i was um same thing like getting ready to really face this thing head on make it not my full-time job but something that i really needed to focus on Mm -hmm. um and i felt so overwhelmed and confused and i felt like i had been doing all the right things and not feeling any better and Uh, I think a lot of us who go see rheumatologists and any sort of like long-term care doctor know that those after that initial appointment um, where you know the big hour-long one they really they've got to get you out they have tons of people to see and so I didn't even know what questions I had until I got home Um, and so I was feeling really lost I was feeling really confused Um, and when I came upon you like and I know now that that there's like a little bit of a learning curve when you come upon someone who's managing their disease so well and has been for a little bit of time, yeah. is like, why can't I do that? Like, I want to do that. But the thing yeah. about you is you were offering kind of like a little guide, like, hey, I've spent all this time learning these things, both as um, a patient, but also with your occupational therapist background. Like right. I was like, this person if anyone knows what I'm supposed to be doing right now it's this person I thought yeah let's give it a try like worst case scenario I just know who else is out there and what's actually happened is I've ended up like I'm managing my disease so much better I feel way less lost just because whenever my brain is like oh my god I can't handle this like this is so much I remember that I have like A huge chunk of people who are going through similar and same things Um, and we're all on different progress routes so there's people who are newly diagnosed and that's that's kind of an interesting thing to like meet them where they are and then there's folks like you in the group who have been working with their disease for years Um, Mm -hmm. and just being able to kind of exist within those
0: people has been really helpful i'm so glad that's exactly why i why i made it and i think you you hit the nail on the head in terms of you get this first appointment with the rheumatologist when you get your diagnosis like maybe an hour long maybe 45 minutes and then that's kind of it in terms of like in-depth appointments um for the standard of care usually then you just get these 20-minute follow-ups every three months and you know first the lucky few, they get put on medications that work right away. And it's like a straightforward path. That was actually kind of me in 2003, initially, but then things almost inevitably get complicated, right? There's, Mm -hmm. you know, this medicine stops working, or you get more symptoms or like with Jatel, when you have uh, comorbidities, multiple health conditions, then you kind Mm -hmm. of start playing whack-a-mole where you're like, wait, my stomach's off. Is it this? Is it that? So having that ongoing support to me seems just like a complete no brainer, you know? Um, but for some reason, unfortunately like occupational therapists and counselors and physical therapists, we just are underrepresented in, in rheumatology for, for many different reasons. But you know, I wanted to make this program, that was something that I could do like right now. Like I want to change the system long term so that everyone can just get this kind of support like through the health system and like not have to um, find me online randomly, you know? <laughs> but right. but yeah, Jatel, I, I saw you nodding during some of Camille's story. Did you want to add <laughs> to that?
1: Yeah, and, and you just, when you said like, I was like, how did I find Cheryl actually? And it's, yeah, it was <laughs> through Instagram. So it was like my first uh, four year attempt at finding like finding like-minded people. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Finding people going through something similar (laughs) that couldn't understand.
0: And so I started
1: following a lot of people on Instagram. So first I started following a lot of therapists on Instagram and that is very, um, has been extremely Ah. beneficial for me actually. From there I was like, well, if I'm following therapists, maybe I should follow occupational or physical therapists. And that's actually how I Mm -hmm. ended up finding you was by that search of finding people to follow on Instagram and i i also found wow. you during that transition time so i don't know if you remember but like i emailed you way back when and then i got like the room yeah arthritis uh life course map thing that you have and i honestly yes. had yes. a blank a blank google doc set up for myself that i was gonna take notes on for this like life course map it's blank cheryl it's blank it's blank uh-huh. why because i found out that i am a support group person like i need what we do like the 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 fact that we have our little mini lessons at the beginning and then i learn things and i take notes mm-hmm. and then we have our like group discussion portion so the fact that it's both things and not just like us crying all the time even though that is definitely needed you know <laughs> but like the fact that that's not the full yeah. thing has been really beneficial for me yeah. too
0: Yeah, no. And I, and I'll just explain for those who, who are also confused on what I'm actually offering. I have this course, the rheumatoid arthritis roadmap, that's like a self-paced. So if you don't want the support Mm -hmm. part and you just want access to like, like what Camille was talking about earlier, like I want to get in Cheryl's brain and like learn what she's learned. That's what the rheumatoid arthritis roadmap is. In the past, I also offered that with an optional like eight week short term support group Um, but then I decided to do this longer, six month one. Yes, and then in that
1: time, I found a different support group to join and honestly, it just was not a good fit for me. Um, Like if you can believe it, I actually did not talk during these support groups. Me, I, me, did not talk. Can't believe that. that.
0: (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) And that's how you know it was, that's
1: how you know it was not a good fit for me. Like I didn't feel comfortable talking. So that just shows you what it was. And then luckily it was no longer an eight week uh, course. And it was a six month course that you had made. And I know, like yeah. I said, game changer, like that's what I needed.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. No. And I think another thing that I, I mentioned, like I made the roadmap, the rheumatoid arthritis roadmap self-paced course to kind of say like, this is all the knowledge that I've learned like as an occupational therapist and as an RA patient. But I do want to make sure something I'm really try to be so clear about. And like, like Camille was saying, Oh, I want to know, like, it seems like cheryl has the answers and i know you guys both know this but i'm very clear like i don't have all the answers and no one really does like you know there's like what is it called the dunning kruger um curve where like the more you learn about something at Mm -hmm. first you like yeah you think that you're really confident and then the more you learn you actually get less confident in what you know because you realize how complex everything is so i just want to be for the record because it actually is a big pet peeve of mine when i see other programs be like this is all the answers Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean and i I know that the one thing that i'm if if, that i can practically guarantee um is that you know if you if you are come to the group open-minded you will feel a different relationship to your disease by the end of six months then um, and, and hopefully that's a more a, a more at peace and accepting and maybe positive positive. Um, and if you don't I'll definitely be like you know money-back guarantee like because and then it, I mean that's not what you're looking for but um, you know like I one of the things I think is so freeing is when you realize there are some things out of your control and you don't have to like mm-hmm. keep searching for this perfect plan this perfect health solution that will make you never ever ever have any pain again like no one can actually guarantee that so we learned we have to learn to like accept the inevitability of pain while also being like but we can still thrive with that it's very complicated but it somehow works
2: <laughs> that's what life is is you know where there's no such thing as knowing every answer perfectly but what we can do is build up a bunch of um experts around us who can help us in those moments where there's a big confusion.
0: Heather, who's in the group, is also on this uh, chat. You can, if you wanna join now, Heather, I know you're available later too, because we're gonna do another one of these. But if you wanna come now, you're also welcome, because we can do up to four. But yeah, you say no one has all the answers, but I have so many more answers since joining your group. And that's true. So Mm. if I think Mm. of it as like, when you're in that overwhelmed stage after getting diagnosed, you have so many questions and you don't know what you don't know, I definitely think that with with my knowledge and experience i can help you funnel that down to say like okay this is why this area is confusing or refer you to people like jennifer the chronic pain nutritionist who's one of in in my mind one of the most helpful people out there to educate on these confused the confusion around diet i really think of it as like having a tour guide you know like when you go to a new city you can sit there and try to read the book yourself you know but you can also just have like a human being next Mm -hmm. to you being like you know this is that and this is how this building came to be or you know this is you know and and also kind of and then you can have as much individual support in that as you want or you could say after a little while okay i got you know i'm going to take this and run with it i don't, i don't right. want this guy with me anymore you know so but camille i'm sorry i i totally interrupted your train of thought
2: i think i was just saying um or I, I, it reminded me like the idea of building up um experts around you who you can trust and who you can come to with your individual problems but who also um i think a lot of the topics that we talk about wouldn't necessarily be something that i would come to someone if they were like you have 30 minutes with an expert what are you going to ask them those aren't the things necessarily that i would ask but at the end of the lessons and the support time i'm like oh yeah i'm more capable at this thing and i Mm. think all of us who are living with chronic illnesses and taking medication that puts us in the immunocompromised um, like, section, this year and last year have been unknowable. Like yeah. the, the data has been changing, the recommendations have been changing, the behavior of people not experiencing the same diseases as us has been unpredictable to the extreme and to just have other people who are there. Like we literally, a couple of weeks ago, helped somebody work through a problem that each of us has had with the pandemic. Is this safe enough? Like, am I going to feel comfortable? And you don't have to make those decisions by yourself. Like you're more informed after being a part of Room to Thrive, but you also have a bunch of other brains that can kind of work through those big problems with you, um, in like a, an educational way and like a supportive way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that surprised me the most was hearing or just seeing how powerful it is for someone to say whatever it is they're feeling, you know, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're happy, you know, whatever it is that week, and just, and then having someone else in the group, not necessarily me even, but like another person that they haven't even had a relationship with yet initially say, Oh, me too. You know, you can almost you can like see, even though it's all over Zoom, you just see the relief in people's eyes. Like, oh, it's not just me. I remember when you were talking about, uh, you were helping one of the members work through their shame around using a mobility aid and this mm-hmm. kind of complex, mm-hmm. there's this complex psychological thing that happens when you start needing or potentially needing, you're in that gray area. Like, am I really bad enough to need a motorized scooter Or a cane but do you mind sharing a little bit about like your how you've come to terms with that and stuff for me it was uh, a
1: lot i feel like what most of us go through where it's like you don't know it until you don't get it until you get it you know (laughs) like until you're there Mm -hmm. um so i was bedridden and i could not move the few feet from my bed to the bathroom like that was the biggest like challenge for me and uh, Mm i used to have to have someone help me get out of bed and make it the few feet and finally um i don't forget whose idea it was but they were like let's get you a walker and obviously me being me i decorated and named the walker so that's my little pony that i have and so my little pony just lived right next to my bed and it was one of those things where it was it was mind-blowing i was like oh my gosh i just got a piece of my independence back like i don't need to call someone and ask them to walk me to the bathroom because i now have my walker my little pony that helps me get to the bathroom you know and i was like and now i can actually like do a few feet of like what and i just remember feeling so relieved first of all and and just realizing like wow this thing really brought back a level of freedom for me that i had been missing that i had um that i had been going without for a few months at that point and so I remember when uh, when one of our uh, the members in our group was going through that and saying like my doctor just said it might like progress I might need this like blah, blah and she was feeling really down about it, and I I think it was something along the lines that I was like you know what when you need it though it's gonna feel good <laughs> like I don't know how to put it but I was like it's, yeah it's not you know like it's the same thing like what we were talking about at the beginning where you're like you don't want to be like uh like i hate that you're here but at the same time i'm glad that we're here together like Um, (laughs) like i'm glad that we have each other yeah commiserate through this you know like um so it was almost like offering another perspective a different point of view and i feel like that's what we get a lot in our groups you know like sometimes it's like i'm struggling Mm -hmm. with this thing and it's like oh i already did that i already went through that let me tell you how my experience was Mm -hmm. and and one thing that i really enjoy and i love about our group and it reminds me actually cheryl of what you were saying where you were like i don't have all the answers and i'm like well you have the answers though for you you know like you have the answers that have worked for you and you're able to share with us your experience of what it was that you did, and just like that tour guide mm. analogy that you were giving, it's like, oh, I might want to check out that pub or that restaurant later that you're mentioning right now because it seemed yeah. to have worked well for you. Maybe it'll work well for me too. But it it goes back to that mantra that I always say and that I really love: of everybody's different. Like everybody is different, you know. So mm. it's like, what works for one person yeah. might not work for me, and vice versa. But it's just good having knowledge is power it's just good knowing what those right. options are. Like before this group, I didn't even realize the difference between biologics, DMARDs and like all the different kinds of medications and stuff. And yet those were the oh things God. that they were pumping into me. And it was like, I don't, I don't even know the things that you're putting in me, you know? And now and I have so much, I just feel so mm-hmm. much more empowered with the, the knowledge that, that I have, you know? Because like I said, knowledge is power, so.
0: Yeah, no. And the seeds for this group began when I went to occupational therapy school to get my master's six years after my diagnosis. And during my master's program, I learned so many things I was going to to, to work with at the time what I called, you know, special needs or you know children with developmental disabilities. And I didn't even think I was going to work with arthritis at all and but I was like oh I'll probably learn some interesting things you know and I, I learned so much and I was like why was I never taught any of this like right. I didn't even know you were already a patient yeah and I what was already even a patient for six yeah. years and I hadn't I didn't know about I didn't know fatigue had was actually related to my disease I thought fatigue was just me getting older or maybe a side effect of my medications. And so, like you said, I mean, I get, I feel like I'm chicken little sometimes being like, who's gonna educate the patients, you know? But, <laughs> um, you know, and some people, it, the thing is, and this, I'm trying to think of devil's advocate all the time, like, and it is possible, right? On your own, it's possible to look up, there's a lot of, there's books, there's mm-hmm. articles, but you get to a certain point where it's just overwhelming, right, to try to sort through it all. On your own so did you yeah do you can either of you remember mm-hmm. what what it was like in like trying to sort through it on your own before the group yeah camille <laughs> i mean
2: good so uh when i described my uh journey as i hope that it's not a traditional journey um
0: yeah. one of
2: the things that happened for me was um i was working at a new york startup uh when i started feeling ill and um i actually got laid off in a downsizing and lost my health insurance as we were getting the understanding of the disease and so i actually ended up only because of the american healthcare system working off of a maintenance dose of sulfasalazine um for like a really long time that i should have been bumped up if i had been taken care of but so what ended up happening is i was one of the millions of people in America without health insurance and with a chronic disease, trying to do it by myself. And I didn't even have access to doctors at that time. So I was really on my own. And that feeling is awful. You're, I mean, we're all staring down a diagnosis that is not going away anytime soon, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is something that part of, getting educated on it is coming to the understanding that this is going to be with me forever in Mm -hmm. one way or another and that's really really hard to do when what you have is like Dr. Google right like because all you see is the worst stuff we all know that when we're searching online you only see like if you look for pictures of rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. you only see people who went without medication for decades like it is they're yeah. they're trying to be educational to doctors on what it could look like right. and What it to patients is terrifying us so that was really like my experience without a support group um was that i felt completely overwhelmed with my diagnosis and with what the next 20 years might look like. Mm -hmm. And um, before I met you, but in 2020, um, or 2021, God, uh, (laughs) March. or In 2021, I did get um, state healthcare. And so I had my first meeting with a rheumatologist before I met you but um and before i joined the group but i hadn't yet had my second one and so i really didn't know i hadn't ever had two consecutive rheumatology appointments before and so i was lost on what i was supposed to do on the second one how i was supposed to be interacting with my rheumatologist um how to ask for care in between um and those were all things that we went over in the first couple weeks so um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i did kind of experience a rocket ship of going i am self-managing in the most extreme way possible to i have some health care but i'm confused to oh if i'm worried about going on methotrexate i know 15 people who have (laughs) used methotrexate at some point in their life might be using it right now um and Mm -hmm. i can ask them What it felt like and what their comfort level was, and does this fatigue ever go away for me? Thankfully, it did even out, and I don't experience it anymore. But uh, those first couple weeks, it was real nice to Mm -hmm. tell someone, "Hey, (laughs) does this ever chill out?" Because I'm taking four-hour naps every day, Mm -hmm.
0: and yeah, it does. It does chill out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're. I almost forgot. I did forget. I'll just be honest that you you hadn't even had a rheumatologist appointment until March of this year like that. Yeah, because you really are such a confident self manager now, not just self manager, but like, a. it's funny, because the word self management in the field of like occupational therapy means like, oh. the patient's ability to manage the day to day demands. So you actually sure. are self managing mm-hmm. really, really well now. But before i know how i understand how you were using it like you were literally alone managing <laughs> like i
2: was yeah i was abandoned on a raft in the sea like i wasn't yeah right now what i'm doing is like in between appointments i feel confident in my ability to use assistive devices and braces and compression and all the things we talk about um mm-hmm. but uh yeah back then i was like um <laughs> i guess i just keep taking this medicine.
0: Yeah, I'm so, so glad to hear that. Yeah. And we do like in the program just to paint a little bit of a picture of what's covered. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with acronyms. So thrive is an acronym. (laughs) And like, you know, the first month we talk about the tools for pain and fatigue. The second month we talk about habits, like diet, nutrition, exercise, sleep. And then we talk about relationships and social life, which is such a forgotten area, but you know, it's such a huge area that affects our quality of life, like how to talk to people about your condition and friends and family. And then we talk about inner world, which is a stress management and mental health. And then V is the valued activities like hobbies and how to still participate in things that bring us joy. And then the E, the last one is executive functions, which is like putting it all together to be the CEO of your care team. I mean, I keep referring to it as a support group, and that is a huge part of it. That's throughout all the meetings. We have a support group session. But the first part where we talk about the little mini lecture is really specifically on a topic that teaches you how to cope with these things. Yeah,
2: And it's super educational and, it's and like I'm taking notes all the time.
0: And
1: for me, and that's part of the 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 beauty of it was the organization of it, because like um, I saw yeah. a comment on here that talked about being diagnosed in the eighties, and I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, you pre-internet, you know, diagnosis oh pre-internet God, awesome. had to right. And and the thing is, Camille, you and I have had this discussion before about knowledge is power versus ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, and knowledge is power uh, is bliss. I yeah yes, and for me, I could not could not bring myself to do Doctor Google because it, it terrified me. And I would end up in an anxiety spiral. And I was just like, I can't, I can't. And I was just so uh, paralyzed by my own. And, and, and people would criticize me and be like, how are you able to do uh, so much research and everything about like your social justice warrior ways or like, you know, teaching or whatever else that, Harry Potter, whatever else that I'm interested in. They're like, you spend hours on the, the internet, you're researching I'm like blah, blah, blah. Why don't you do that for your own conditions? I'm like, cause I'm scared. Like, have you seen what's out there? Like, it's, terrifying like i I, and i don't even know where to begin so having the acronym i love acronyms too which is part of the reason why i was like i know that i'm in the right group like this is the group for me um so part of why i love that so much was because of the organization of it like i no longer felt like overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with me and dr google and just trying to Figure it out, you know it was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. right now we are mm-hmm. literally just gonna talk about the tea. we are just gonna b- talk about the tools for pain and fatigue, and one other thing I think that Camille, you probably had this too was realizing like, oh, I do that, oh, I do that too yeah, oh, okay, and it also kind of <laughs> yeah. makes you it's validating and it makes you feel good' it right is validating. like oh okay so all the stuff that i did by myself isn't a waste or anything and i'm able to bring that knowledge that i have for myself to other people you know and then we get to share it's just it's brilliant like what you were talking about camille with the whole methotrexate thing it's like it's true i went from having zero friends who have that and have taken that pill and know about it or anything to like no i have 15 you know and now i have people i can ask and and uh we also have our, mm-hmm. our private group you know so it's like one of those things where it's like if i don't make it to group or if i have a question afterwards i can still ask it and be like hey what about this like mm-hmm. and i love the check-ins that you do cheryl where you do the the monday gratitude oh, yeah. and the thursday checking in on the goals i love that because it also just takes yeah. away the pressure of like i'm gonna make a post all by myself and it's just gonna live there and it's like no i'm actually being asked and being invited to write something you know?
0: I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All of this is like I'm literally gonna cry. You were talking about the 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 normalizing, like like when you're in the group and you say something like I'm scared of taking out the check state, and just having like those 15 people in the group, you know, um, seeing them on the Zoom call being like, yeah, I was too, or or sometimes having the contrary opinion, like you know what, like you know, I wasn't, and and this is why, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah 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 yeah. we like we are definitely not a hive mind and also i think in your education mm -hmm. um portions you're really great at explaining like these might be different paths you choose to take or you Mm -hmm. might choose not to be on this path right this moment but it's here for you if Mm -hmm. you change your mind like we do have not huge arguments or anything like that but like amongst the group people are managing their diseases slightly differently and that's that's also really cool to see too because we're all able to communicate about it i mean like jatel and i technically have different diseases right but we're going through like it's not just for rheumatoid arthritis um in the same way that anyone with rheumatoid arthritis knows that people are like oh arthritis my grandma has that "Mm, okay Mm -hmm you recognize the word you know um, yeah. <laughs> but that's not, not the same thing it is I think sometimes people might see the phrase yeah. room to thrive and worry oh um, yep. I don't have rheumatoid arthritis is this group still for me and it's like yeah if you are going through rheumatic disease of any kind ankylosing spondylitis rheumatoid arthritis non-diagnosed yet, like there's mm-hmm. still something in this group that is is helpful for you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I, I specifically made like the rheumatoid yes. arthritis roadmap course. It also like honestly mostly applies. I'd say 80% to 85% applies to all the different conditions and rheumatic diseases, but the room to thrive is, is specifically designed to to apply to all rheumatic diseases. I try really, really hard to strike that balance of like, you know, I, I am very open in my story, my personal journey, that like I, I don't feel any shame about taking Western medicine, and I really think it, that there's a lot of damage that can come from like the natural is always better camp. But this, but I also recognize that for some people, that is the best for them specifically. Like they're mm-hmm. they are one person, and that's the best for them. I just. I try Mm -hmm. to advocate against anyone saying one thing is the best for everyone, whether it's Western medicine is always the best. I mean, as a licensed health provider, like I am aware of the evidence that like there is more evidence at this time for certain medications than there is for certain natural methods. That doesn't mean though that, you know, lack of evidence doesn't mean evidence that it's, it's bad or not helpful. So I try to always like, I help try to make sense of all these. Again, there's so many rabbit holes, mm-hmm. so many areas of confusion. Yeah. When we we're talking about, we had a whole session on making difficult medical decisions and it mm-hmm. wasn't like, this is the decision to make. It was just how to confront the cost benefit analysis mm-hmm. in your life and your condition based on your patterns and all the different factors like i've had it for 19 years so at this point i have a lot of data points to go off if you've had it for less than like a year like camille it's like you don't have as many data points so you're gonna there's gonna be a little bit more guesswork
1: for me that was part of my journey was i was so stubborn about it i was like i don't want i want to be natural like i don't want to use any other- i don't want to put mm. chemicals in my and part of that is because of my trauma of mm. dealing with chronic pain for so long i did a lot of damage with ibuprofen <laughs> like you know so like because no one explained yeah. it to me like and i didn't mm. there was dr google wasn't a thing yet when we were when i started with all my pain you know like it was oh my god i'm age- aging myself right now <laughs> I mean, it was still dial-up internet at that point you know <laughs> it was not like
0: yes i remember any, yeah like, it was the beginning yeah
1: like you know those graphics on the websites and stuff like it's not it's not what it is now um so yeah there wasn't yeah. even the option yeah. to really google at that point like i didn't i don't think i had the name for chronic pain yet i don't even think i had that it was just like i have random hip pain all the time <laughs> like, what do yeah. i do? and i was yeah. thinking like that. Oh, the maximum dosage of ibuprofen daily and it wasn't doing anything for me anymore yeah. yeah and that's actually how i got into cannabis because i was like well the ibuprofen isn't doing it for me anymore um and medical marijuana prop- something in california had just passed it for medical marijuana to be legalized and i was like oh mm-hmm. and i happened to be in amsterdam at the time so i was like you know what let me try it out here it's legal uh-huh. here let me see how it, how how it works It was the first time i got to sleep well through the night and i was like okay as soon as i get home i'm getting myself a card like that's it so i was using cannabis for a really long time to self-medicate basically and for a while it worked and that probably led to my stubbornness also of like i don't want to try other things i know that this works for me but it Mm. stopped working for me which is tends to happen with almost any medication i feel like eventually your body kind of just builds a tolerance and it's like okay what's the next thing though (laughs) like
0: that's why that patient education is so necessary right to understand that like ibuprofen and painkillers they're not actually targeting the disease process itself you know so yeah yeah, you might it's kind of like a band-aid versus like you know um getting the underlying cause under control you know so i understood none of this and yeah. it wasn't until yeah, i joined yeah. this
1: group that i started to understand and i was like oh, oh okay and exactly cheryl what you just said like that was one of the things that it helped me understand you know and like also about like mm-hmm. just like i i think i mentioned earlier like the difference between biologics and dmarts and blah, blah blah. just all these medications that are always talked about and everything and that like i just had no idea and i was too afraid to google because of aforementioned things
0: oh totally and i i really am similar to you in that and i always tell people like you know when i first start medications, it's like weird because on the one hand i'm all about like patient education patient education but i'll be honest i actually don't i will ask my doctor is there any major side effect that's likely to happen that i should watch out for Otherwise, yeah. I don't even want to read all the, the giant list because oh, right. the ones it's just like going to make me think about it. 3% of
2: people are going to yes. get it. Yeah, what are the ones where I need to like, call you about? Let me
1: know about those.
0: A- Aliyah had a question. Tips on how to handle flares. That's definitely something that we talk about in the group under Tools for Pain and Fatigue so um because i'm not mm-hmm. sure alia if you mean a flare-up of a lot of times people mean pain but you can also have like a flare-up of, of fatigue as well so i'll let you yeah. to speak first though what are some of your biggest tools
2: oh yeah um so for me uh i think the first thing i will say and i remember reading this one of the very like when i was in a stuck in bed i don't know what i'm doing i live in new york so i'm walking all the time so i'm accidentally keeping myself in a flare sort of uh time i remember googling what to do and one of the things was like you may just need a rest day where you get and it was a british thing so they said it so funny but it was like with a comforter and a chocolate and i was like well capitalism says no uh <laughs> capitalism says i can't do that. <laughs> um so i'm going to say the same thing and it's gonna like feel icky but like your body is going through something really intense and so you do have to give it the grace and like you have to kind of have the grace to be like this sucks and i have no choice over it i need to take some time and if you live a life with children or with a full-time job or something that might mean I'm planning to go to bed early or I'm planning to sleep as late as possible. Um, So that's one thing, especially with those fatigue flares where you just wake up and you feel like, did I accidentally go to a rave in the middle of the night and I didn't, uh, no one told me. Um, I wish someone would have woke me up for the rave. My body definitely went through. Uh, Mm -hmm. But for me personally, what I've found to work really well is uh, keeping consistent on my medication, But then if I wake up and I'm still in a flare uh, of like large joints, uh, pain, muscle fatigue, Mm -hmm. getting in a shower as soon as I possibly can, like even before coffee um, Mm -hmm. is really wonderful. The heat and the steam can release some of your pain. You have to be a little bit careful. And I've learned this from you, Cheryl, is that sometimes uh what feels the best which is often heat is not the exact best thing because sometimes you need to reduce the inflammation with ice but
0: mm-hmm. i like
2: to loosen up mm-hmm. my joints as much as i can with a shower and then i'll come downstairs and grab an ice pack and ice whatever is particularly loudly demanding my attention mm-hmm. um and then uh if you don't have if if you do have arthritis uh rheumatoid arthritis or something with swelling And you don't yet have compression gloves compression sleeves um they work to reduce the inflammation but a thing that i learned in room to thrive uh through the tools education is also that the compression kind of uh overwhelms your pain uh receptors a little bit like just your nerves can't deal with all of it so you get a little break because all of us are experiencing pain signals from our body saying hey something's wrong and we already know right like we need to reduce that inflammation but we don't actually need all those pain informations that our body is giving us so compressing Mm -hmm. things is really nice and taking taking as much space as you can um and time as you can to really care for your body those days it's gonna make the flare last fewer days um Mm -hmm. which will then get you to that point where you can think about um you doing other things to reduce your possible uh pain so like give your your whole body the day off until you don't feel that flare sensation and then in those interim times which hopefully will get longer and longer um you can do Exercises and protective measures um, mm-hmm. that will help you and build mm-hmm. up your toolkit for the next time that you're flaring. And I hope that feels mm-hmm. like it's helpful, Alia. I'm sorry. I I really hate the sensation of waking up with a flare. Like more than anything, it's also mentally discouraging. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like I have things to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, have a life. Plans. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I had plans. You know
0: yes yeah just just tell what true. would you add those were great great tools what, would you add anything yeah
1: they they were great yeah um with what camille said um she reminded me of one of my favorite phrases which is so true it pain demands to be felt like it it, it just does pain demands to be yeah. felt and so one of the most important things that i've learned is exactly that like okay you gotta lean into it like mm-hmm. my i, I accept uh, like this is probably for me but also for other people like I have realized that like the more I resist something the more that I'm like no like the more that I'm like I refuse I'm gonna try I'm gonna put the worse. it's gonna be for me so I just need to
0: yeah. lean into
1: it at that moment and, and realize that it's not gonna be forever that I'm leaning into it you know um and I've also noticed that like uh when I do it doesn't seem as magnified or amplified you know because I really do feel like pain is your body trying to tell you to slow down or to stop and if you're ignoring it and you're like no i'm still gonna push it it's just gonna get louder on you you know <laughs> until you yeah. finally listen and it'll you amplify. have no choice but to listen which is what happened to me yeah and so for people who yeah. are like where i was where it's like no you really don't like camille when i listen to you say i get in the shower i'm like <laughs> when i was bedridden like getting oh, in oh yeah the shower sorry was like, <laughs> oh my god like yeah, that's not going to happen, you know? So, cannabis has been extremely helpful to me. Yeah. Um, cannabis, like, I still use it. Like, it's not like, oh, it didn't work, so I'm done. No, obviously, but it's part of my toolkit. So, I'd have it in a lot of different forms. So, I have tinctures, I have pills, I ha- obviously still have flour on my bong. Her name is Mimita um Mm -hmm. i have uh topicals that i put on you know like i have so many i have the whole drawer which is my toolkit of like all the pain stuff but i think that one (laughs) of the most helpful things that's Mm -hmm. not a physical item has been getting into meditation or some way of just being able to i know it sounds weird but like to be able to compartmentalize or to escape my physical pain by going into my mental and emotional you know and so the practice Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. meditation and building up that stamina has been instrumental has been really really helpful for me at times when i can't focus on anything else
0: and you touched on a lot of the things that we that we talk about you know in in the program i mean when you have a flare-up it is a signal that your underlying Mm -hmm. um methods of controlling your disease are maybe not working as well right because The idea with treat to target now, which is like the standard in rheumatology is that you're trying to usually target very minimal to low to no disease activity. So long term, you might need to talk to your medical team and figure out how can you get the disease under control.
2: The other thing is if you are under the care of a rheumatologist and you are experiencing a flare out of normal is like hit them up. Like most people have portals now sending a message to your care team even just to the nurse station and saying hey
0: just letting you all
2: know that it's going the, yeah. my
0: first major flare-up was six years after my diagnosis and i didn't know that my biologic my body could create antibodies to my biologic mm-hmm. so i was no. sitting there doing my pain relief things like you know things i had learned about just through googling like you know ice and stuff but it was like i really needed to tell the doctor and I eventually obviously yeah. did because she was like well this is a signal that like that this is not working for you anymore. We need to switch your medication plan. And so that's really important. And the other thing is that on the one hand, like meditation and mindfulness, like Jatel said, it can help you like transcend your physical body. But on the other hand, there's this huge paradox that we go, that we talk about a little bit in like acceptance and commitment therapy and that I've had to go through therapy to figure out. So if this doesn't make sense, please don't worry. But (laughs) is that actually taking a moment to be present with your pain rather than trying to relieve it, it is actually weirdly mm-hmm. empowering because it's like you, were, you spend so much time and energy running away from it. And that's, it's almost like communicating to your brain, I can't handle this. I yeah. can't handle this pain. Mm-hmm. I have Tell to relieve it. Pain science is extremely complex because like Jatel said, sometimes pain is a signal that you need to slow down. But other times it's a misfiring signal that it's actually when it's mm-hmm. chronic pain, That is in the absence of active tissue damage an accidental signal that there's pain when there's actually not so actually sometimes that's why it's again it's overwhelming right i feel overwhelmed just talking about it and so knowing that you might have to do some trial and error sometimes surprise there's all these paradoxes in rheumatology and autoimmune like for example if you actually exercise to a little bit outside of your own baseline so if your baseline is barely getting out of bed exercise is getting to the bathroom and back If your baseline is walking a mile challenging yourself a little bit would be like walking a mile and a half then you're actually fatigue typically gets better and you sleep better Mm -hmm. you would think wait why would my fatigue get better you know so there's always paradoxes so feeling your pain could actually make the pain less scary to you because you're saying i'm "I'm mm -hmm." here i'm not running from you therefore right. you're not as scary so just right. throwing that out there
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Breathwork has
1: really been helpful for that one um more than meditation mm-hmm. is um and especially anchor breathing mm. um which is just a quick one that i'm going to put out for anyone that might find this helpful but it was one of those things i would do it a lot when i was getting acupuncture and cupping and stuff like that but it was uh you breathe in what you want and you breathe out what you don't want so i would breathe in relief yeah. or i would breathe in peace or i would breathe in whatever it is that i was hoping for or just like and then i would breathe out what i was hoping to let go of like control <laughs> or you know like the thing that i mm-hmm. feared, fear or like the thing that i knew was like plaguing me and keeping me clenched up instead of relaxing into what i needed to be relaxed in which pain is obviously something that keeps you clenched <laughs> and it's hard to relax into pain yes. you know so
0: so hard i I remember when i hurt my neck got hurt hurt in a car accident and it was so frustrated because i was trying to do this deep breathing and just the muscles in my neck even just moving slightly with breathing i'm like i can't even breathe with that brain ah i had to learn how to breathe into my diaphragm yes yeah oh the same if you've ever had costochondritis, i do want to make sure we answer the question about vaccine can we share about our vaccine experiences Mm -hmm um so just real quickly yeah I got the vaccine as quick as I could you know and and you know there I think it's important to say that there is a small chance that you might have some sort of flare-up after the vaccine or whatnot anytime anything happens to your immune system whether it's you get the common cold or an ear infection or anything your you know your autoimmune disease could flare up a little bit but to me again all about making a risk benefit analysis (laughs) the risk of getting COVID is so monumentally bigger than whatever risk of the vaccine that it was just completely Mm no-brainer so i got i got pfizer right when i could and then i got the booster the the minute i could and you know Mm -hmm. yeah i felt a little bit worse a little bit of fatigue for like a you know week after and then it's fine now but what what about you guys
2: same thing i was um and my whole heart and all of my loves um, basically all live in New York so one COVID um, affected me more than maybe somebody who is only from Portland um, because Mm I was watching it all happen Uh, so and you know like the majority of us who are experiencing an underlying condition um, this is extremely terrifying and extremely terrifying time to be in um, not precedented no one told us that this was going to be part of our storyline i I want my money back um but for me i was also like you cheryl like uh paying attention i was signed up to all of the things so i got my vaccine very early by portland standards um and then i got my second shot my first one didn't feel any type of um strong reaction um and uh i Uh, didn't change my medication at all for that one um, and like recovered in a few days uh, or even Mm -hmm. less than that and then the second shot uh, was pretty similar uh, slightly more tired uh, and then like you Cheryl as soon as the booster was available I was there with all the like I literally was sitting with a retirement village full of or a retirement village bus full of uh, older folks and it was boom 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 boom. boom hello and, and uh they gave me a little trouble i will say but i think it's gotten better for people now i did need to like have them call my doctor confirm that i was on methotrexate um i i did feel a little bit of judgment um from even people like later uh, just hearing people talk about third shots um has been a little bit of a leading experience Um, just because people like to talk about how uh, in the US it's not necessary or it doesn't feel necessary that we should be sending them Mm. to other countries, which I agree with, but also I'm here and uh, I'm real frightened about uh, the effects having, I have people in my life who have long COVID. I have people in my life who did not survive their battle with COVID. Um, I have people who have COVID right now, after uh getting their two vaccines so i um it is still very real um, i still protect myself quite a lot uh i am staying indoors the majority of my time um and masking when i go out and avoiding public things and trying to protect my exposure when it comes to other avenues of how covid could get to me uh, as best as i can um, But overall, the vaccine experience um, was like very reasonable for me. I I have been a person who gets the flu shot every year, which I recommend that even people who haven't been doing that, you know, we all know what happens now with an endemic disease, a disease that never goes away and we need Mm -hmm. uh, booster shots. Like that's what the flu is. So get your flu shot. (laughs) <laughs> i
0: just got mine yep hey good, good job.
2: job what about you Jatel?
0: um
1: for me it's ba- uh, kind of basically the same i feel like all three of us were yep. like on it with vaccines um I-, I remember like scrambling to try and get a vaccine you know because that was at the time when they had mm-hmm. they they had approved it only for the elderly and they hadn't in- approved it for immunocompromised compromised yes. or immunosuppressed suppressed people and i was like mm-hmm. what about me like i don't want to die i remember just being so yeah mad terrified because at that point that's yeah. really what the like yeah, well, talking I, about what carol uh, what Cheryl, what cheryl's talking about oh sorry yeah you have to go but talking <laughs> about what cheryl's talking about with the, the no it's like, okay balancing out the pros versus the cons yeah i was like i don't i don't want to die and i feel like that's a pretty good reason like to get all these other things so i got the vaccine um the first one i feel like uh, yeah i just had like arm pain and i i think i just had a sleep uh, I had to sleep a lot more than I needed to yeah. the second one was worse than the first one I think that most people mm-hmm. had that kind of experience with the second one I think I had a bit of a headache I think um, like it might have even been like a slight fever but once again like by the next morning I was already like on a different it was already better and then the third dose weirdly did not affect me as much as the first two did um so oh, really I don't I don't oh, know exactly yeah. what that
0: means you know but Yes, I have to take Charlie to school, so oh. I, I'm sorry. Oh. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> hi, Charlie. He doesn't have
2: to be on. I just
0: no. We could just talk all day. But I really, really appreciate you sharing your perspectives. You know, on room to thrive, but also uh, answering everyone's questions this morning. This, this is a really special
2: group. Uh, it really changed like the course yeah. of my summer. Honestly, the fact oh, that I God. just had like a weekly appointment with my my cute. Like Spoony Friends was yeah. vital for me this summer. So,
0: I'm so glad And you know buddies is Emily Gordon. Or roommates. I love, that. <laughs> room I love yeah, you.
2: So oh good. my god, branding. Well, thank
0: you all. I know, I know, right? I'm like room to thrive, roommates. Oh, oh my gosh, Aren't thrive. we also live
1: thrivers? I think that's what Susan called this Live thrivers. Oh yeah,
0: Thri- live thrivers. Not yes yes arthritis life it. or thrivers i can't remember yeah so much have a thank good day you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye thank you so much for listening to today's episode This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, a membership and support community where you'll learn how to develop your own Thrive toolbox so you can live a full life despite your rheumatic disease or chronic illness. Learn more in the show notes or by going to www.myarthritislife.net. You can also connect with me on my social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok. Check out the links in the show notes.